welcome to Leader Flow, hydration for thirsty leaders, a preeminent source of curated world-class leadership resources that will enable you to grow your influence and multiply your impact. Alex Sapala and Steve Kane are experienced leaders in both the profit and non-profit sectors, giving them a unique vantage point which enables them to deliver multi-dimensional leadership principles and practices to help maximize your leadership flow. Let's join the conversation. G'day, Steve. G'day, Alex. Good to see you again, buddy. Mate, totally enjoyed our interview with our guest speaker, Clint Adams, and we get to do interview number two. This is so, so special to have uh, Clint in our studio, who's, uh, who's, who's an author of Lighting the Blue Flame. Uh, Clint Adams, welcome back, buddy. Good to see you again. I'll go back to a comment you made before about when you walked in as a police officer, you walk into a house, it's a problematic house, and you see yep. two or three kids, and you look at the child and you go, in 10 or 15 years' time, is going to be a product of either yep. the mother or the father. That's, yep. that's leadership. Very true. That's yep. leadership. I mean, yep. we, we see it. There's there's that, you know, generational, uh, some call it a generational curse. Others call yep. it a generational hand down yep. where you might have three or four generations of unemployment recipients. That, yep. Not that they can't work. Yeah. But as a youth, they've seen their parents do that. So yep. they figure that that's it. That's yep. their normal. Yep. So it's not their fault. It's Correct. just that they haven't seen a different model. Yep. And they're just modeling the behavior that they've seen before. Yep, 100%. And that's where really the the leadership really comes into today. I mean, when we look at leadership today, the, t- the yep. styles of leadership, today we're less autocratic and much more inclusive, much more open, but we're also much more focused on us creating the model for others to lead. Absolutely. You can't come in wearing, can't come into the office wearing flip-flops while you want everybody else to be in a suit and tie. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't work. You've, yep. got to, you've got to you've got to lay it out the way that you want it. Yep. Yeah. Having that integrity as a leader to model yep. what you say and connecting yep. the dots with that. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I was just wanting to ask you mm-hmm. if in the workplace or at school, how would you pick if someone's struggling uh, with depression or, or potentially suicidal? Are there some are there some triggers or things that you're looking for? for people to keep an eye out? I think it comes down to the relationship more than anything. If you interact with people enough and then there's something not right, you go, something's not right. Yeah. One of the things, I'm running a, a session with some kids and their parents. They're a sports organisation, so I can't kind of do it the same way I would do it at school level, is around how do we help the parents create safety for the, that child to mm-hmm. go and talk to them or somebody else. Because that's one of the issues. We've got Are You OK Day and all this stuff, but people still don't talk about it. They go, oh, I didn't know that guy was struggling with stuff. Right. I, I know a friend's recently who their friend killed himself two weeks ago and um, they weren't aware of it. They knew he had some issues. They kind of suspected stuff. The key part in, in all of this, and, and uh, look, there are definitely some things, you know, that people aren't looking after themselves. They're doing, never out doing what they would normally do. So again, change of habits. Change of behaviour patterns. It's it's, it's easy stuff to normally pick up that says, "Mm, that's not the way Clint normally is or he seems different today. But for me, a big focus, and I think we'll get bigger bang for our buck if we focus as a society here, especially, I mean, different cultures will talk about different things more often, but certainly a big one here in Australia is 
you know, the old stiff upper lip and you're the man and, you know, don't, you know, like you hear comments like suck it up princess because, you know, it's seen as derogatory to be a... Take a teaspoon of concrete and toughen yeah, up, mate. Yeah, all that Hard stuff. Enough. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff, yeah. right? And so, you know, we take that on board and so as parents and, and even as educators or, or even just, you know, happen to be around other kids, you, you kind of have to be a bit more aware of your language because, again, if, if you understand the dialogue model well enough... Mm. What's taking the safety away is the key part. So if I'm developing a program, I'm going, well, what is taking the safety away from these people having that conversation? Right. If you work for, you know, a really red boss who's whacking you, why aren't you here today? You don't want to say, oh, I'm struggling with mental health issues. Yeah because he's that kind of person. So you come yeah. up with all kinds of excuses or you, you're not going to be a happy camper at work in that environment. Yep. So it's important, and this is where that leadership thing comes back in. they got to understand these tools, but they're also going to understand a little bit about their own psychology that they're contributing to this. It's like when I run group ones, you know, people all talk, when I say that horrible list in there, and I go, okay, how many of you have done all those things? Hmm. And no one's put their hand up. Yeah. Why not? Because, oh, it's their fault. They're all the ones. But hang on, you're part of this team, right? And you're the leader and you're the this and, and you know, yeah. they're all contributing. But it's sometimes they're contributing by doing nothing. Right, exactly. Yeah. I see bad behaviour. So you're accepting the behaviour. And you're saying, oh, that's okay. And if it's yeah. not called out, uh-huh. then yeah. the other person isn't held to account ever. Yep. And they keep going because that's just how they're operating. Exactly. When, when, when you think about things like bullying and harassment in the workplace, all those sorts of things, one of the first things we need to do if we're a person that's being bullied or on the receiving end yep. is to tell that other person to stop. Correct. And you're saying, hold it. Oh, that's not acceptable for me. That yep. behavior is not acceptable. If they continue to go, then you've got an issue. Yep. But most people don't know until uh, that they've actually overstepped the boundary yep. until you've actually put that boundary. The calibration exactly. of behavior. That's yep. and, that, and that's my point around the school stuff where if, let's say, exactly what you're saying, a little kid pulls a little girl's hair, for example, yep. you know, little kid stuff on the playground, Little kid cries and nobody does anything about it. So she doesn't really bring it up and no one brings it up or they might go, oh, you're a tattletale. Now they're shaming her for yeah. being the tattletale. So now that safety's gone the next time it happens because she goes, oh, all I did was get in more trouble and he pulled my ear harder the second time around. So now just one or two little things can change that little girl's outlook on life. Absolutely. People who become super, super shy, it mm. becomes their, part of the undercurrent of their personality. So now... She's always defensive. She right. doesn't know how to deal with stuff. Right. Nobody is deliberately creating a practice where we can talk about this. We can make it normal to talk about it. And what you also do when you do it in a group environment as a teacher is you're bringing the group in to calibrate. Mm. So we go, no, Johnny, I saw you pull little exactly. Sarah's hair over there. That's not okay. Now little kids go, oh, okay. Now they're all jumping on me. Everyone's on, yeah. And, and that's kind of where, you know, if, if we look at the longitudinal stuff for f- dealing with kids early on, that helps them become, they, let's say that kid, you know, let's say for argument's sake, they've been in an environment where the teacher has set that up. I call them a fishbowl conversation where anybody can talk. So we go, all right, you tell me what, what happened. And then they talk about it and they didn't like this and they didn't like that. And do you know now how she feels about it? So we're having that dialogue and it becomes normal. They're not scared of these conversations mm. as you do it enough times. And you're dealing with the small problems earlier so they don't become bigger problems later. And then when you get to work environment, now you think 20 years later they rock up at work, they're used to being able to say, hang on, that is not cool. I might be here the yeah. first day, but you're not going to call me a this and a that. I'm not happy with that. 
right? And yes, we don't want to be the tattletale. We don't. You can, but you can deal with it in a better way. Hmm. You understand the dialogue model now better, and you understand that your interactions with people can can get you solutions. One of there's a really good um, uh, article by the same people that wrote uh, Crucial Conversations and how to have them, and it's. It's called Silence Kills, and it's based around a study they did uh, in the hospitals in America, eight different hospitals. But there was a lot of behaviour that was identified where people would just be silent on it, like they knew a nurse who was cutting corners, so they'd go in and check in on her patients instead of having the conversation with her, say, that is not on. You cutting off the tips of the gloves is going to be a problem for that person of infection and boom, 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 boom. So, you know, and then the second Part of this is they call it um, dialogue heals and they go into the conversations that we have where, yep. no, nah, mate, that's not good enough. And, yep. and again, if you go first, you create more for someone else. It's like you leave all these Weinsteins and all these guys. Someone went first and then amazingly all these things come out. Is that flow on? You know, um, if the first person that it happened to had said something and done something, what could they have stopped based on what we know of this guy now, you know, that kind of stuff. What I hear you saying is that we really need to have more courage in our workplaces to actually say things to each other and start that dialogue and also being clear about, you know, what the culture is here, that Hmm. this kind of thing is appropriate, that kind of thing is not appropriate here. Hundred percent, not just in workplaces. I know, in schools, yeah, in yeah. families, families, yes. families. You know, I, yeah. I mean, we had a we had a situation. Where I've got five. I've got six children, five under fourteen. Right. So um, Eva, she was having an issue with a couple of the local girls. Mm-hmm. She's ten, and she came in came in the house and she was crying. I said, "What's up, babe?" She goes, "Nothing, nothing. Talk to me. What's the matter?" Yep. And eventually, I got it out of her that her friends weren't treating her well. Uh-huh. And when one friend was with another, they sided and she was left out. And so she was sad. And I said, okay, so talk to me about it. And I said, did you know you don't have to be sad? She goes, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, you don't have to be sad about that situation. What else could you choose? And then she said, I don't know. I could be happy. I said, you could, could you? She goes, yep. I said, is it going to affect anyone else? She goes, no. <laughs> So what do you choose to do? Yep. And she puts a big smile on her face and walks out and she's happy. Yep. And that situation has never, she's never responded the same way yep. to that same situation occurring, just with that little tool. Yep. And changing her focus is the key part of it. it. And that's the same as when I talk about even just changing that group, focusing on that future state, that it could be a better solution. Again, you're using the part of that brain, that solution focus, that's right. and you're thinking about it. You go, oh, just you asking her a question forced her to think about it using blue brain. Exactly. The other thing I love about that where, you know, when I was doing the stuff with the police um, around tactical disengagement is you're interrupting the red brain response. That's right. So the blood that's gone into your muscles because you're angry or sad or whatever, in your daughter's case, she was, you know, thinking on feeling sorry for herself potentially, Um, you know, that blood's drained from your head. So you're less oxygenated up there to begin with. Yeah. So by you asking her that question, it forces the blood to pump back up there because she needs to use that bigger part of the brain because the amygdala is only the small part that doesn't need a lot. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, your frontal cortex and all that stuff needs a lot more blood. So you're reversing the gears. So the physiological stuff's happening. But yep. you're, but the practical stuff is you asking her the question. Exactly. And that's changed her focus. So understanding the principles behind it is such a key part of it. You don't have to know all about the no, psych stuff. But right. if you know enough about it where you go, ah, oh, okay. So, you know, what am I trying to achieve here? Like even when, 
you know, when you kind of know the dialogue model and how the red brain response works, when you're feeling like someone's attacking you, I actually have to ask myself some questions to say, okay, why is he so angry? Right. Yeah. Right. And by me doing that, I don't go into red because I'm not infallible. You know, I know this stuff really oh. well, and 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 you know, I'm probably the worst road rager. Um, swearing at people when I'm driving, kind of person, but I, I've got better. <laughs> but, I was going to say, thank goodness the yeah, subconscious yeah. is driving the car. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. So you know, but you, you know, things always it, things irritate you when lots of you hop in the car, you're saying blue brain, blue <laughs> yeah. brain. Yeah, yeah. Was it serenity now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you've watched Seinfeld, you know. So um, yeah, they, all those kinds of things come, come into the it's equation. Good. But you know, uh, I, I guess you know. The more it's funny, the more I've um, I've done this work the more you can see those common themes come through. And that's kind of where the whole book I've, – I've never right. actually worked with kids as a as a con- consultant, as a counsellor, any of that, but I've worked with adults and they, they've all been kids. Well, sometimes they're just, they're they're just, just an older version, man. That's yeah. all they are, right? You know, we are. Uh, what you're saying there, I didn't understand the psychology behind it but yep. back in the day, when. but I remember one time I was running an event and – I was in the middle of, there was this big tent, marquee tent. There was like, you know, a few hundred kids, probably about 300 kids in yep. this tent. And I see three adults walk into the tent and they're just looking like thunder. And they were trying to find this kid who had apparently thumped some other kid right. during an activity. And they were coming in and wanting to like deal with this. Yep. And we're in the middle of a program. And I said, uh, they started, I said, can I help you? And, and they started like yeah. just venting. And I said, step outside we need to, let's come outside let's talk you know let's not yep, talk yep. here we're in the middle of something so i went outside they were in red brain mode yeah and i've found in the past with when people are angry you just start asking questions yes mm-hmm. and initially they'll they'll be at high c for you know the next three <laughs> four minutes but yep. the more questions i asked yes. i noticed that they yep. they had to start thinking yeah and slowly you just see this de-escalation happen until yep. you're having a normal conversation. Yes. And they yep. can start to rethink about how they're approaching it. In yes. the end, uh, I managed to convince them that perhaps it wasn't a good idea to take a kid out and, and yep. deliver their own justice yeah. um, and what that would mean for <laughs> yep. them if they did do something like that. Yep. Exactly. And, and, and it totally changed them. Yeah. And I said, let, let me handle it. I'll, I'll talk to the, yep. to the parent or, or the caregiver here and, and find out what's going on and yeah, yeah. know yep. what's happened. And lots of people do this stuff very well, naturally. Like the really good cops, they do it really well. And like as a cop, a previous cop myself, you know, there's been like now I know this stuff so intimately. But back then, I was always good at talking people down and calming them down. And and to your point, asking questions. And 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 then when I now understand why that works, mm-hmm. and and it's the same with even the counselling stuff now. I understand a lot more because you know, we've got CT scans and all kinds of things that yeah. give us feedback and there's great books on, on this stuff now. And you can understand how when you run a program and you're teaching the teachers and the tra- training the trainer kind of environment where you want them to do better as managers, it's not me, I'm going to be there holding your hand and making decisions. You have to be a decision maker. Yeah. But the decision making needs to be based on some of this knowledge, understanding that a lot better. And so, you know, a big part of of even that approach when I'm dealing with managers is getting them to understand a bit more about that. But designing the program is very much about not having to give too much info. It's got to be practical for mm. them. So they they will apply it. There's lots of programs out on lots of things and some work, some 
maybe don't seem to work or it might work for one group and not another group. But I think it, it needs that adaptability around understanding ourselves better. And then, so ourselves as a one and then ourselves, ourselves. when, when, when yeah. we're in the social context and yeah. how you do, because sometimes, you know, doing a lot of, and this, that's the one thing also from a counseling perspective, which I think, I wouldn't say hurts us, but there's probably awesome counselors out there doing awesome things with one-on-one -on -one people. Yeah. But, but where's that program that does the bigger stuff? Yeah. So normally people don't go to a counsellor until they've already got a problem. Yeah. Whereas what I guess I'm focusing on is, is saying, well, how can we stop some of those things really early on by a, like, I mean, you know, if your daughter had the same knowledge as you mm. about her friend, she would have changed that for herself. That's right. Right? Yep. And so the same thing. Yep. Giving good Awareness advice. Awareness is a huge part. Awareness. Right? giving them advice. tools, yep. giving them thoughts about, ah, if I want to change my neurons from wiring and firing because I've got this habit, whatever mm. that is, I've got to do some things differently. So when I, when I normally start off with PTSD people, for example, I get them to do a thoughts diary. Mm -hmm. What's the unconscious brain doing? Because we don't understand enough about ourselves a bit. Because one of the things I also go through when I do even some of the red brain, blue brain stuff is, is I focus on what I call the cube model. So C is just your conscious brain. You as your unconscious, the body and emotion. So those four things pretty much sums us up That's us on a, a broad on yep. a broad scale. Yep. But understanding enough that you're conscious, you can kind of consciously think about anything if you want to because you're choosing it. But the unconscious can sometimes just, you know, meander. Mm. And you end up where you end up. I think um, Joe Dispenza says it's like having riding a wild horse where it can take you somewhere great if yep. you, you let it, but if you also don't, give it some direction, yep. it can take you to really bad places. Absolutely. And so, you know, understanding that and how your body becomes the, the um, when you feel something, and that's why the dialogue model, again, they kind of all interlink. The feel is what will actually make me make the decision. Because yep. if I feel scared, yeah. then I'm going to do this or yep. these other things, of, I'm going to get out of there and it's going to be a defensive mode. And it becomes my undercurrent. And so people understand when, when we're babies, you know, we take all this stuff in unconsciously because we can't speak the language. You're just learning what's happening around it. And to your point earlier about, you know, the, the generational yes. going to be just like the parents and that. The other thing that it shows is that we can actually turn on and off some of our genes. But if we're okay. surrounded by the same crap that's happening in the house, dad's maybe beating up the mum. You might be a one or mm. two-year-old, but you know something's not right here. Yeah. Yeah. And you pick it up and then you're activating different parts of your genetics and then you end up being like mum because she's highly defensive mm -hmm. because he keeps beating her up and then you think oh yeah the apple doesn't fall far from the tree but we can change a lot of these things and and some of it's again deliberate practice understanding enough about that say well i don't want to be the shy person that doesn't go and talk to anybody so i use a lot of like positive deviance where you go how did this person who's lived in the same environment as that person end up being this amazing being person nervous. and that person's an absolute you know, yes. yep. no yeah. hoper. And, and, and so a big part of that is it's usually something switches to them and something changes them or they meet the right person that changes their life and just takes them under their wing and yep. has somehow a better role model and they just get this extra, oh, okay. Or They or, see a new way of doing yes. something and yes. they lean into that That's and, right. and yes. start stretching into that new way of operating yep. rather than the, the way that they've Correct. seen and, and uh, grown up with. Yep. I mean, I, lo I love that. When I was growing up, you had a personality that you were born with and that's all you had. Yes. And that was a theory around psychology. And, yes. And that was it then. Today, we understand that we can change. Hmm. We can change most things. We can't change everything. Yeah. 
we've got a, an ingrained way of doing things, but the, the reality is that we can change most things about our personality. Mm-hmm. Neuroplasticity shows it. Absolutely. Because even we, people that have had you know bad accidents where half their brain is gone, is gone. and they can turn it around. Yep. They you know, use the other half to do the whole function rather than <laughs> and it's a, it's an amazing it's thing that you're amazing piece of kid Alex <laughs> it is an amazing piece of kid it is it's amazing we just don't get to use it yeah to the level of its full capacity yet I don't believe sure we use it but we don't use it all the time to the to its full capacity yep let me ask you this question Clint we're in some pretty trying times at the moment the people mm-hmm. out there that aren't dealing with change well and change is a constant Yep. Really, that's probably the only constant we've got at the moment is that every day it's something different. Yep. And people are out there, they're suffering because they're still stuck looking for the paradigm that used to be yep. and not not embracing what can be and where it can be. So have you got any tips or any, any um, little hacks that people can apply for themselves to help them to deal with and accept change yep. uh, on their own terms? Yeah, yep. look... I think you touched on it before when you mentioned your daughter's incident. It's about getting them to focus on something else. Yeah. Not, not, not as in I'm burying my head in the sand, this is happening. This is about looking at solutions and asking questions of yourself to get you in that blue brain space. To me, anything that's going to get you into a blue brain space is going to be more helpful than you wallowing in self-pity and thinking back on stuff. So, Because that self-pity thing is still part of the red brain, isn't it? Of course it? it is. That's part of fight or flight. Yeah. Right. People okay. don't, a, lot of, a lot of people just think that, yeah, that the amygdala is there on fight or flight and, and danger and, and that kind mm. of stuff. But, you know, sadness... Uh, shame is a terrible shame. one for it. You know, some guilt. people guilt, yep. you know, and, yep. and, and then also there's the genuine fear of I've got no money. What the hell am I going to do in, in this time at the moment with what's going on? I mean, it's great the government in Australia are giving people money, but out there in, in the other countries where mm. they don't have, you know, what, what we have here in Australia, we're very lucky, but it still put, has a massive impact on, on people. But And I guess this is also, you know, about, Asking questions. When I do the thoughts diaries, it's normally the first thing I do. So two reasons. Again, you're in red brain, but by doing a thoughts diary, you're actually doing analysis work, which which is what? A blue brain experience, right? So yeah. you have to use that part. Let, let, let me ask you about the thoughts diary because mm-hmm. some people keep diaries, some don't. So you're talking about diarizing the thoughts that are going on in your head uh, at that particular time. The, so the ones that just pop in. So right. if, if I choose to think about whatever it is, yeah. Uh, what I'm going to do, the zoo next week or something, yeah. that, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm yeah. asking you to track your unconscious thoughts. Great. So especially if you're in a bad way. The ones that come out of nowhere. It's just, oh, why do I think of that? Yep. Or, oh, damn, I've got no money. Or, oh, what are we going to do? Okay, so, you know, write those things down for two reasons. One is to, you, you get to see them. And the first part of it is just analysis work. I don't try to overcomplicate it. So do that for a couple of days. Then the next part is, I want you to then write them down, but now I want you to actually say how you feel. So I'm, I'm dragging that emotion into it. Yeah. How do you feel? So to your point, sad. I haven't got a job anymore. I'm sad. I've got no purpose. I don't, you know, um, I can't feed my kids properly or they want to buy some new Nikes. I can't afford that. I hate that. Whereas before, you know, yeah. dad and mum both had good jobs. Now we're here. And so this is where um, I want them thinking about their thinking. Right. And then you go, okay, now tell me what you see. And you go, well, there's a lot of kind of negative ones. There's a positive and negative feeling. Well, the emotion's there. It's not necessarily negative. And I use the, I always use this, um, uh, you know, no one ever dies by falling in the water. Mm. 
They drown by staying there, staying right? There. So yes, you can feel all these emotions. They're not bad things. They're yep. just things. So if you acknowledge it and you feel it and you understand a bit more, and when I do talk about red brain blue, I explain this stuff to them a little bit more. So saying our purpose here is to get your at the moment you keep because the other thing about the thoughts diary is if there's a pattern mm. where the same thoughts popping in, popping in, popping in, we we play around with it a bit. Gotcha. So I, I work with them and say, okay, let's think about that thought now. I want you to bring it up right now, and I want you to think of yourself as a director in a movie. That's the situation. So for PTSD, for example, they've had someone pop a gun in their face. Yep. Now they're thinking about that memory. Because now it's a memory, mate. You're holding on to that memory. It actually doesn't exist anymore in the true way. That event is gone. That point in time, it did happen. You had a massive effect on you. Yep. But now you're bringing it back. Yep. You don't know you're bringing it back, but you are actually bringing it back. There's nobody else around you. You're it's reliving all in it time here. and time again. Right? And you're choosing yep. it. Yep. So let's let's choose to do something else with it. So now you're the director. Picture it. Talk to me of how it's sequencing in your head, and then they talk through it. Say, okay, now I want you to rewind it. I want you to introduce a hat on this guy mm. and put a big red nose on him, or whatever it is. You've got control of this, yeah. and it, so you're almost tricking your. So again, it's it's an imagination piece, right? So they're using blue brain. So they're not allowing. So I'm, I'm kind of doing two things. I'm interrupting that wiring and firing of that same normal memory the way they normally play it and all the emotions that come with it but now i'm using the blue brain to for them to bring it back up deliberately this time so now they're deliberately bringing it up it's not just popping in there they're controlling it they're controlling it they're using the blue brain because now they've got to think of imagination and i'd say okay what what are you doing to it now i'm putting fairy wings on him so again as much as the practical, all this thing is the practical part, mm. but in the background, I know what I'm working on, on how I'm getting them to change what's wiring and firing for them and in a positive way going forward. And again, there's many ways to do this. Yes. It's not, I use that technique and there's a couple of other ones I use, but you know, when people are wanting to know more about this, that might not work for every person. There might be a slightly different thing or they say, look, every time I get this, I'd like to do... do 10 burpees. I also use something called centering. So when I use the cube model, C-U-B, the B, the body's there too. They can do physical stuff. So stuff like centering where you just go, that popped in my head. I need to straighten up. I need to stand. I need to stretch out. I need to push my shoulders back. And there might be a a sequence of physical things that they do. Again, it's a blue brain response. Or I'm going to go surfing or I'm going to do this. So we're changing state. We're changing state, but we're also interrupting, interrupting that normal right. process of going into red brain Love it. and staying there and staying yeah. there and staying there. That's so good. That is so good. Mate, it's very fascinating, isn't oh, it? Mate, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm bl- there, there are so many so many techniques. You know, I, I, I want to throw a plug to you, though. So if there are sure. people out there that want to get in touch with you, Clint, and, yep. and uh, or maybe know someone that is suffering PTSD and need some assistance, how would they do that? I'm in the process of putting a website together. It's not finished yet, but because uh, I've only been really gone and branched out by myself over the last six weeks. Great. Um, wow. but, but ultimately, you know, I at you the know, moment... Can I just stop you for a minute? Sure. Alex, we're so cutting edge, we get guys right in the middle of like major the transitions. Hey? Right at the very beginning. That's the I way to do it. it. Right. Get, get, get them in early. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So... 
um, how would they get in touch with At you? At the moment, probably LinkedIn's the best. Great. Um, okay. I'm on LinkedIn, so yep. just Clint Adams. I've got something about being the author in there. Um, and, you know, my email address is on there once you get me there. That's probably the easiest way Great. at this stage. Once awesome. I do my website, I can, uh, you know, obviously send that out down yep. the track. Let us know because we'll promote that on the Facebook oh, page awesome. as well. Awesome. Um, and you can also engage with us through either transformationstation.com.au or uh, leaderflow.com.au and awesome. we, can, we can direct your inquiry across to Clint. So uh, in the meantime, if you can't find him on LinkedIn for some reason or other. Yep. Clint um, Adams. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mate, it's been ah, fantastic having you here, It's been here, great mate. having a chat to you guys man, too, you, actually. It's Thank just you. been a, an absolutely fabulous flow. I, I really think appreciate we should, your I time. I think we should get it back again. Anytime. 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 No, that's awesome. And like I said, you know, it's a big passion of mine and if there's people out there that, you know, want to know more and, and that kind of stuff we can work on programs it's about helping people yeah. it's about i think any positive step to help anybody yeah. young old it doesn't matter you know there's there's definitely a lot of good principles in the in the stuff that i run that has flow on effect and people can take it much further than, than even i can you know with the right other people around them and, and it's all about ideas the way i've written the book too is around involving the students of coming up with ideas same yeah. way I would do it in any other place. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff because I, I don't think like a 13-year-old, they can come up with amazing no. things. You I know can what remember I mean? how I used to think, <laughs> yeah. but I don't think it's 13-year-olds yeah, yeah. today. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. for people wanting to buy your book, yeah. where, where's the best? how is the best way for them to do that? They can just Google it depending on where they are. If they're into Kindle, you can get it straight away. There is a bit of an issue because it does come from the UK, my publishers in the UK, so it's got a bit of a delay coming to Australia. But, yeah, you can go online. Amazon sell it, Goodreads sell it, all the big ones sell it. They haven't arrived in, in too many of the bookstores here in Australia proper because I guess they're probably not going to send too many out at this point because there's like only a few places open. The, the usual stuff like, you know, airports and that, they're not obviously got anybody in there. So no, um, that's right. it's yeah. a little bit different. Online's probably the best. Just Google it. Clint Adams, Lighting the Blue Flame, see which one's got the cheapest, you know, yeah, for them. It. Yeah, so Lighting the Blue Flame yep. by Clint Adams. Get yourself into it. Don't miss out on educating yourself. This is an excellent book. The other thing about the book that people probably don't know is it's got its own soundtrack. It's got a lot of QR codes oh, throughout fabulous. the book, which is a little bit different from a lot of other books. Yep. I also use the QR code. So if people want to know technical stuff about some of the stuff I talk about in the book, like I've been talking about red brain, blue brain, yep. but if you want to really go in the detail of you know neuropeptides and what's happening in the body, there's a lot of links in the book that links you to more information. So I kind of use that as a, a different way of doing stuff and make it interactive because the characters in the book, a lot of them are teenagers. I put stuff in there of posts that they like, like you would in it, like a child, like a teen yep. would do now, and, and yep. sort of hyperlinks to those things and make it a little bit different from from I guess the norm. Clean Adams. Thanks again, man. It's great to see you. Thanks for having me. Thanks Both for... of you. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been great. Thanks for listening to the Leader Flow podcast. If you found our content valuable, you can subscribe and give us a five-star review so others can benefit from the content too. All our episodes and other valuable Leader Flow information can be found on our website, leaderflow.com.au.